follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. It's about that season, it's about that time of year, and we thank you all for taking time out of that season with all that we know you have to do to join us here tonight. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing good, Shad. Doing good? Mm -hmm. Hey, we didn't step on each other that time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Matt, we're we're pulling for your recovery, but just tired is going to be a state of beating for being probably for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's okay. It's all worth it. I want to say thank you all for joining us. We've got a few um, few little pieces of business to get out of the way before <coughs> get my cornet cough out of the way here. A few little pieces of business to get out of the way before we continue on. First of all, we are going to be doing a giveaway. I have collected an array of uh, wrestling stuff that I will be sending to you in a... I'm, honestly, I'll probably use a pro wrestling crate box to send it to you. Um, but it is going to be a variety of things that I have accumulated. There's going to be an autographed picture in it. There's going to be two DVDs in it. There's going to be two t-shirts. And there's going to be some assorted other things in it as well so if you would be interested in getting uh just getting a box of stuff from your friends at four corners stay tuned we're going to put up the uh the rules for the giveaway here real soon Uh, just keep your eye out there um we're we're currently fighting tooth and nail over what it's going to be and uh we're not really just trying to come up with a good reason why it's delayed so the other thing is going to be our affiliate with Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. <clears throat> Support your local indie wrestler. Get good quality, not expensive, very comfortable wrestling shirts, hats, coats, that sort of thing. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, no spaces. To get 10% off your order, which may or may not stack with some holiday specials they have going on. if um, So, you know, just throw it in there and see what you get. And then there's another shout-out we need to do. Isn't that right, Papa Matt? Yep, that would be to Epico Cologne. Um, Epico and, uh, and Primo both seem to be wrapping up with the WWE. It would be nice to see them in uh, perhaps an MLW. Oh, perhaps doing a WWC crossover. Matt, that sounds like a segue. It is a segue. <laughs> Brad, what are we segueing into? So, 
we debuted this concept two weeks ago with uh, NWA Power. So what we're doing is because we are not very happy with the direction the WWE has taken this year, we are exploring other promotions. So if you want us to check out a promotion, we have a few things uh, that we ask. It has to be available for free. It has to be between 40 and 90 minutes long. It has to be at least two shows a month. But reach out to us on social media. Tell us where you can find it and what the promotion is. And we will put it on the list and eventually watch it. So obviously our first choice was NWA Power. And this week we are doing probably what I would say is the third or fourth biggest promotion in well no yeah third or fourth biggest promotion in the united states right now mlw major league wrestling um owned by court bauer they're probably outdrawing ring of honor right now i they was are. actually yeah the, um, ring of honor mlw and impact all worked the same building within the mm -hmm. last few months of each other and mlw and impact outdrew ring of honor yeah i was i was gonna say like i think mlw seems to have the kind of amongst fans at least the the heat and the attention that ring of honor used to have it's kind of mm -hmm. focusing more on mlw and they really seem to be kind of taking the shine off ring of honor we i remember back like a year ago when aew was formed we didn't really know a lot of details but we knew that it was beginning we were all saying well, this could be really bad for Ring of Honor, and I guess it was, but not it, Ring of Honor's errors seem way more un, unforced. Yeah, and and kind of irrespective of AEW or some other promotion, they just are making horrible missteps on their own. But mm -hmm. it doesn't help that something like MLW has come along. Like people, I think, are gravitating more towards that now, and that does certainly doesn't help Ring of Honor with their kind of poor attendance lately. Yeah, because but I think MLW is just more ex exciting at this moment. And it, it does. It, they they do like they're not afraid to do some weird stuff, like having Tom Lawler doing some more kind of MMA style matches. Like they call mm -hmm. their show Fusion, and they kind of play into that at times. Like there's a, I think when you watch MLW, there's kind of a real sports vibe to it, even if things are a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I, I can get behind that. And I think what struck me is, like, um, with this show is, obviously, um, it does not have the budget of even, like, NWA power. Like, it's very it's very raw, and um, mm, yeah. production values aren't great. But what, what stands out to me about AEW is um, most of these shows kind of hit you with, like, some generic rock tune to it to, like, introduce the show. <laughs> and... MLW kind of hits you with something that's not as rock and roll. It's a little more hip hop to it, which I think really mm -hmm. stands out. It does give it its own kind of identity. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't listened to the entire show from last week that you guys did on Power, but uh, Brad, I did. I love the fact that you pointed out that they use Dokken yes. uh, <laughs> as the theme for Power. Um, I've seen the first three episodes of NWA Power, um, and that's not the full seven that are, that are out there, but I feel that is enough for me to kind of get a grasp of NWA power. And so I can compare them at least to the episode of fusion that we watched here for the show. Yeah. 
And this really isn't a compare, but I feel like because we watched them so close together, I think it's important to to compare them. Yeah. So, um, so we kick this off with um, Joseph Samuel coming out with Contra. Wait, which episode did we start in on? Episode 83. Episode 83. So the announcers, what I liked here is the announcers were actually annoyed at them for coming out. Yeah. Because they wanted to watch the match. So he kind of comes out and he kind of hypes up his boys. He's got a Joseph Fatu and um, Ikuro Kwan. I don't know who the third guy was. I know Simon Gotch works with them. Okay. So, you know, he cuts a promo, um, kind of crap talks the Bulldog, I mean, the, the Heart Foundation a bit. Heart Foundation comes out. They have a nice little brawl, kicks the show off. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, I don't know what I feel about, um, I keep wanting to call, I keep wanting to reverse it, about Joseph Samuel because I, I thought his promo was decent, but I also felt he was trying a bit too hard. Um, that was our, our mouthpiece for Contra, right? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I had the name right. He was perfectly competent in doing it. The thing that I think frustrated me was, can I I I guess the potty mouth? No, not even so much that it was that I didn't really hear anything new. It's, it's, we're the heel faction, and we have the big title, and we're going to come for everybody else, and we're going to take you apart, because we're the bad guys, and we're cutting a bad guy promo. It, it felt too paint by the numbers. I mean, he delivered it fine, <coughs> but the content of it just wasn't different enough to me anyway to stand out. I would feel like I need to watch him over the chorus of several episodes and see like what he usually has to say. I do have to, I have, I I realize I should qualify this with the fact that I used to be in one of those tables. So I heard that kind of shtick a lot. And maybe that's, that's coloring my perception here. So I didn't, I felt like the, like the, the promo that like Mance Warner cut or even like the little bit that Tom Lawler talked was a little better. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? He had the most time. It just didn't. Didn't And I guess it, it set the stage fine, but I've heard this song before. Yeah. Cause because what I liked about because I think it was after this, so we'll go into it next, but, like, the little Mance Warner promo they did about, like, um, whatever issue he has with Jimmy Havoc, what I liked about that was just the way I kind of felt he was trying to do his promo was, like, hey, look, I'm just, like, a crazy hillbilly, and I'm just going to, like, <laughs> I just want to, like, do some crazy violent stuff to you. And here's yeah. some moonshine, dude. Thanks for the 20 bucks. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I think I have an analogy that'll work for this. I get a kick out of covers, song covers that go into different genres. I get a kick out of mashups. Because you hear something familiar done in a very different way. 
and that's intriguing and enjoyable for me. I don't think I would enjoy... Um, I'm I'm searching for I don't I don't ugh, I'm trying to find two sounds that are close enough together to make the point, but uh, uh I don't think I'd want to hear the Eagles do a Beatles cover, you know, because that mm-hmm. that's not going to be different enough to be interesting. That's that's my problem with this opening promo. It's like it's fine, it's just not different enough it feels like he it's kind of like what we said about nick aldis is it feels like he's reading someone else's script well not even so much that it's i don't i don't think he's reading someone else's script but it's really paint by the numbers you paint it you paint it yourself but you already know what goes where okay that makes sense what did you think about what did you think about the the mance warner like shaky cam promo (laughs) I got a kick out of that. Because like I said, that one was just like, hey, look, I'm just a crazy hillbilly, like, and I'm going to do some crazy hillbilly stuff. Dude, here's your moonshine. Yeah. That was different enough that it was entertaining. And there was one later on that had uh, the Von Erichs that was kind of similar to that. Not quite the same, but it was, um, you know, it was, it was... It was similar enough that, or it was different enough that it was engaging. This was just kind of there. What I liked about the Von Erich one later is um, the brevity. Yeah. Oh, it didn't go on very long. Yeah, and like I, I, as someone, as someone that was kind of new to the promotion, how do you feel like they eased you in, like talking through the angles and stuff like that? Do you feel like? Do you feel like they did a good job of, like, letting you know, like... They did okay. Um, the recap at the beginning with Fatu, the the match between Fatu and Park, I liked that. Mm-hmm. They did okay, I felt like, kind of leading me in. But, see, I did the same thing for this one that I did for NWA Power. I intentionally went in blind so I could try and, and give this uh, very opinion... They did okay. I don't feel like they did as well as as NWA did at that thing. Yeah, but I I, they did all right. I agree. I did like the clips. Um, it kind of actually made me want to see Fatu versus Lapark. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry, I stepped out for a second. I know you guys That's talked okay. about Joseph Samael. Yeah. Um, overall, because he he this kind of opened with the clips, and then there was like that promo. Um, I actually had no idea who he was, let alone that he's an actual like indie worker. He's yeah. actually, um, he actually was the Sheik too for a long mm-hmm. time. He is a former NWA World Champion, and he had that um, fake AWA World Title while that was still a thing. Yeah, I, I had heard of that guy. I didn't know that this guy was that guy. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I'm not opposed to the guy. I just felt he came off to me like he was trying real hard it was and it didn't quite work with me yet um but i didn't find it offensive i didn't think it was bad he just it just seemed like he was it was a little like like he was trying like he was trying to be like it it 
the vibe felt kind of weird to me. The the type of matches I felt were very different. So this is the style of the matches of the two matches we got in this episode aren't like this. Yeah. But when I saw this, the whole Contra promo and this guy like you know trying to be all aggressive, to me it it was a slightly reminiscent of like ECW. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It and it did maybe because it it felt a little like grittier and yeah. ECW didn't have great production values even back when they were on a network they still didn't have like great production values yeah. and this this is to me like Fusion or MLW was the contrast between that and Power is that like you said Power has good production and mm-hmm. this seems more like not um bingo hall <laughs> type but it kind of like kind of like that it's like. I feel like I could go see this at a at like my local, not like Bingo Hall, but you know, like I could see yeah. this locally. I, I it's not like this huge stadium feel. It's not um, produced in a studio with a live <coughs> audience type of feel like NWA Power has, which is not a bad thing at all. What's that? Did you notice that they didn't even have guardrails at ringside? Oh you know, yeah, because the fans were practically like by the ring. You had about two feet of clearance around the ring. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... and that came into play in the final mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I want to say one thing about this segment before we move on, but yeah. that um, and, uh, MLW world title is beautiful. It is giant. It looks like something you would see <laughs> maybe in like the 70s or the 80s where it's just this huge title. It. The thing that um, I don't, I don't 100% like the AEW title design. I like it, but I don't like. I don't think they needed AEW like kind of preposterously large, but it at least looks like a big ass title that's fancy, and you would expect dudes trying to kill each other to get that title because it's prestigious. It looks yeah. important. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and this was. I don't think this was it. The the MLW title is as good as that, but it does look. I guess kind of semi prestigious. It looks like something legit. It looks like something that you would you would legitimately consider smashing someone over the head with a chair to get. <laughs> yes, or um, with that title, so you can leave with it. Because and it's not boring. It's not like the the WWE like Universal title and the mm-hmm. WWE title that's kind of boring, and you're just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's just the just the logo slapped on the front. Yeah, it, like it's not sterile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's got some character to it. Like you kind of, you kind of like, you know, Fatu's kind of like stomping around. You're kind of looking at it like, you know that, you know, like I could see like wanting that belt. Yeah. Well, you bring up Fatu. I could see wanting that belt. I'd be concerned about facing that guy for it. Though. I'm pretty sure he'd uh. bite my face off. <laughs> Not because get, he has to, but because he wants to. I got a little bit of an Umaga vibe off of him. It's kind of like he reminds me a little bit of Pentagon where like he doesn't have to like ruin your life and scar you forever, but he's going to just because he enjoys his work that much. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to bite your nose off, but you know, he likes waking up in the morning and doing his job. So he's just got that extra bit of flair about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think it's a, it's wrong to, to get an Umaga vibe because he is part of the whole, um, Anoa, how do you pronounce it? Anoa? I Noi? Think. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Anoa'i. He Anoa'i, he's part of the family. I mean, he, uh, I had to look it up because I figured he was. I think I had heard about him before. Yeah. But he is, he's actually the Tonga kid's son. 
Really? Yeah. You know, I was shocked looking at him though. I'm like, I'm like, why hasn't WWE signed him? Like he, cause like, I, I've only seen him wrestle a couple times, but there are a few guys on the indie league on the indies right now that feel big league, and he feels like a finished big league product. Mm-hmm. Like even just like stomping around there, you're just like, wow, that guy's that guy had that guy said two words, but he's got something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, what did you think about? We we did the other promos. So what did you think about the Mance Warner promo and the Von Erichs Tom Lawler? segment uh you know i didn't I, I had to profess i wasn't i don't even remember the man's uh warner promo uh i guess it didn't strike that much there was there me. was some moonshine exchange <laughs> okay some guy like walked up at the end and like asked him for the moonshine and hand him like five bucks or something yeah uh i liked the von Eriks and filthy tom lawler promo it's that to me seemed so this this is a the, the fusion is an app name um not just because they're trying to blend like mixed martial arts and wrestling type of work which i guess they did it's a fusion because again it like reminded me of several different things it reminded me of like ecw one um it reminded me of ring of honor in other ways we'll get to that in a second but it reminded me a little bit of like the old school like NWA type of stuff. Like that whole like let's interview you as you're getting out of your car and walking into the building. Like that seemed very like NWA to me. Yeah. And the Von Erics, like them kind of giving their answer. And I was really fascinated. Like, Tom, are you going to w- WWE? And like flat out asked them. Um, I thought that was good. The Von Erics, I have not seen really wrestle at They're all. Not very good. That's a shame because looks wise and personality wise, they seem like they really kind of have something there. Well, if they, they, they seem interesting. The person, if they got the looks and personality, then they can get to uh, you can you can get the other stuff. They seem like they they could be a big deal. They're really old though. I think Ross is thirty one. Mm. So I don't I don't know like I don't they're they're weird I don't know how they got into wrestling and like where where they're going so <laughs> so let's get to our uh, first match of the evening this is Timothy Thatcher versus Shad's favorite wrestler <laughs> God I'm sitting here why like <clears throat> I sat down to watch this on a Sunday evening <clears throat> because that's when I had the opportunity to. Honest to God, thought that went through my head is first of all, Brad. I'm kind of pissed that I'm watching low key again for the show. Voice this to me. Second, the thought occurred to me. I could, but do I want to watch Survivor Series instead of low key? And like that's an honest debate I had with myself for a while. So that that's. God, I, just I really hate Loki. Did it? Did it at least like subvert your expectations of a Loki match? A little bit. Um, the thing is that it he didn't do the thing he does that usually pisses me off so badly. Of the it's like, well, I'm the. I'm the super badass destroyer guy, and I'm the, I don't go down, and I don't like. He actually sold some, so that's nice. 
but the the other side to it is that that went away, right? We get to the end of the match, and that just that went away. Um, so that was really frustrating to watch. Now Thatcher, though. Thatcher, uh, that's well. Aside from the fact that he needs some knee pads, <laughs> yeah, he every, look. Everybody needs flipping knee pads for God's sake. Oh, but Thatcher, I, I could, I can get on this bandwagon. Yeah, Thatcher is. <coughs> I think what they would call Thatcher is a catch wrestler, and um, he pretty much he pretty much spent I think a good ten minutes of this match. Uh, Turning Loki into varying uh, shape of pretzel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw I've seen Thatcher probably the most in Evolve. That's probably where I've seen him wrestle more than any other place. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That or I, I know he's wrestled some in PWG, but I don't think I've seen, yeah. I think I've seen him mostly in Evolve. He's kind of been all over. He's he's done a few things for people. He's done like Rev Pro shows, I think. I think he's even kind of done CZW. CZW, that's a whole other weird story. Like CZW is, known, <laughs> is yeah. well, they're known for death matches, but then they will have like occasionally Super have like work rate stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and it's kind of like a weird dichotomy. But I've seen a lot of Thatcher. Well, I, that's not right. I haven't seen a lot of Thatcher, but I've seen I've seen him before. And he's I've a fantastic seen, worker. Yeah, I, I really like his match with uh, Josh Barnett. I haven't seen that. I think I've watched it once. Yeah, but I mean, Barnett's, Barnett is a shockingly good pro wrestler. He is. Um, and I know he's done stuff for mostly for like New Japan. Yeah. But his whole Bloodsport thing is kind of taking off. Well, that was... Um... That was Matt Riddle's blood. It was Matt Riddle's. Yeah. Yeah, but I um I have not watched it, but I I do have a copy of that most recent show that Barnett did. I don't know if it was Bloodsport branded or not, but the one that was basically it it technically was it was almost like a rings throwback. Was this the one that just happened like last month, or was this the one for Mania weekend? No, it's the one that happened like it's at this point maybe two months ago. Oh, I haven't uh, it, seen that one. It had the one. It's probably the one you're thinking of, though. It had um, it had the return of Santina Morella, and he actually fought oh, yeah, Simon yeah, Gotch, yeah. and apparently did a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, but it, the show itself was got good reviews, and it, it it was kind of like Rings, where it's basically a, it's kind of like MMA slash, um, catch wrestling. Like MMA. Yeah, yeah. It, but I heard good Pencrase things. Pancrase was too. Yes. Where the outcome is kind of like predetermined, but it looks very real and probably to a certain extent is real. Right. Now, what I liked about this match is I, I thought it went about as long as it justified going. It and was I a liked, good long match. Yeah. And I like that Loki kind of broke his formula. Like they did their strike exchange, but like Loki got bested there. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked what I thought this match. My favorite part of this match is where Thatcher really makes the big mistake and tries the monkey flip Loki, and he pretty much lands on the like lands on the turnbuckle and just double stomps him. Yeah, and I thought that was a really like smooth and cool spot. Mm-hmm. That was and a I good liked, spot. 
And I like the I like the way Loki choked him out at the end because that looked like a legitimate hold that you could actually choke a guy out with. It didn't look like fake wrestling trying to do MMA. Well, it looks to me like what he was doing was, I guess we could use it, a riding triangle choke. So in a vacuum, that's fine. But given how much Thatcher had been working the arm and how Loki was having to use that arm in order to apply the choke, that really pissed me off because mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, dude, he's been working. <laughs> You've been working that arm the whole match and then you're going to use that arm to apply the submission finish and beat him. Seriously? I- yeah, I, I didn't like the finish. Like, uh, in a vacuum? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a cool enough spot, sure. But with with that added into it, it's just like, this is another reason that I can't stand low-key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should preach, brother. I, I'm with you. <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I'll let you I'll let you go. I'll, I'll contain my vitriol. No, I mean, I, I didn't like the finish. Like, I... I Maybe because I really wanted Thatcher to go over, but uh, I don't know. I, I it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But I did like the match overall. I was actually texting. I texted both of them, both Brad and Chad, that it felt this to me felt like an early Ring of Honor match where you would have two guys go out there and put on like a almost like a wrestling clinic, and the finish could sometimes be like wonky, but it would it would be a really really good actual like wrestling match and it kind of got that vibe for me and thatcher is a tremendous <coughs> worker mm-hmm. uh and loki's for all the things that i don't like about him and i think he has his excesses he's a good worker too so uh i thought this was a great match this is this was a great episode to watch um the second match is um is really something too uh, but this match i think in general is like if there was more of these matches then i would absolutely be making sure that ml W Fusion is kind of on my rotation because this I thought was a fantastic little match. I, I loved it. I actually, when I watched this, I actually watched the next episode because I enjoyed this episode so much. I really want to see that one because doesn't that one have <coughs> versus Davy Boy Smith? I think. Yep. And is, and that, if, is that a good match? Give me a yes. Preview. It's good. It's okay. Good. <laughs> okay. And I also, I'm actually, I'm actually, I, I'm almost considering plopping down the 20 bucks for the pay-per-view they did a couple weeks ago because it has Tom Lawler versus uh, Timothy Thatcher. Oh, wow. Okay. I could see that. But yeah, what, I, but, um, uh, just, just to go forward a little bit, but, uh, wait, wait, Tom wait, I got Lawler, one more, one more pithy remark I need to make. Okay. Uh, it does feel like an early ring of honor match because Loki won here too. Yeah. <laughs> in a way that he shouldn't have. So, okay, I, I'm done. I was going to say, with the Davy Boy versus Tom Lawler match, I would say Tom Lawler is probably the best worked MMA guy I've seen. Like, they were doing some MMA-style stuff, and he was actually making it look like he was having <coughs> trouble getting out of the holds. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it, that, that's that's worth watching, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, yeah that that I, um, my interest. I, um... I like this match. Like I wouldn't. This would never make any sort of my match of the year list. But as far as like, no, yeah. As far as like a little hour long show that's available for free online, like this was more than 
more than quality as far as that goes. Like it, it, it was it was a fun match. Like I'd probably watch it again to pick apart like the little nuances to it. Mm-hmm. But I highly enjoyed it. It's well worth the price, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm just gonna quit talking because I'll I'll walk in circles the whole time. No, you're cool. Just now we. We have to get into what I really was my big takeaway from this because I had not been exposed to this stable before. But this Injustice stable, I love these guys. <coughs> I um, I wanted to basically slap the taste out of every one of their mouths, so they were successful. I would say that they were absolutely <laughs> successful in achieving yeah. their goal of annoying the piss out of me and making me want their opponent to to beat their asses. So, But that's... In wrestling context, that's exactly what you want in a successful gimmick. If you want people to like, I want this, I want this, someone to kick their ass. Like that, that works. It's working. Yeah, You're a good so, heel. So mm-hmm. this is this is Myron Reed, Cotto Brazil, and what's his name? Oliver. Jordan. Jordan Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. And Just I thought, the name I, Oliver makes you want to smack him a little bit. I actually thought <laughs> I thought Oliver was the most smackable out of all of them. Yeah. Bye. Far, <laughs> Matt, he's like don't a, hold back. He's like a he's so he. If you don't know what he looks like, and I mean, they're, they're these kids are not well known. It, it looks he, like they got someone from Special K from the old Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, <laughs> douched him up a bit. He's like this uh, super. He's like a really tall, really skinny white kid who I think he like was having. Had, did, did he have cornrows in his hair or something? He has like a yeah. weird, like little prison yeah, outfit. Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He had prison hair. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Uh, and just was so annoying. He has like a high pitched voice too. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he's it's by nasal. far the most. Yeah, yeah, he's by far the most punchable. <laughs> of this well, because I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Myron Reed's a little punchable, but I wouldn't punch Kodo Brazil because I think he might stab me. <laughs> yeah, he looks a little okay, he's more dangerous than the ones. That's yeah. that's a fair. And and Myron not... Reed's doing the old D'Lo Brown gimmick. Oh, that was great. With the chest protector. Yeah, I like that. So they kind of come out, and then Teddy Hart comes out with. Uh, I thought it was Mister Money, but they called him Mister Velvet, which is his cat. And uh, Shad had some thoughts on the cat. I, I, honest to God, I thought the cat was fake. Um, he comes out holding the cat. I'm like, oh, he's got, and he's walking around with it. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. (laughs) Now, 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 just, just hold on a second. There is no way there's going to be a cat this chill, right? There can't be. (laughs) This can't be a thing. Super chill. Yeah, it was. And he set him on the, um, on the ring post as part of his entrance and then the cat stuck his head up and looked around. I went, Bobby, it's a real cat. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he kind of, also Teddy Hart came out wearing like this. I, I assume he's called Mr. Velvet because Teddy Hart came out wearing something that looked like it was, it was, it was supposed to be velvet. Oh, he wears, uh, he wears like, that's kind of his gimmick now as he comes out wearing like the most obnoxious outfit you can <laughs> possibly think of. 
so I'm gonna just <laughs> let you guys. I'm gonna pull back the curtain. Like I, I remember the first WrestleMania ever went to, which is not that long ago, but it was, um, what was it, 32, in uh, in Dallas. Is it 32? Okay. Um, and they had the uh, whole like WrestleCon weekend show, and obviously like at the at the hotel we were staying at the the WrestleCon hotel, they had all the the workers there, and Teddy was there. Yeah, and I remember riding up the elevator with Teddy Hart, and I don't think Teddy Hart is playing a gimmick. Like what you're seeing on on <laughs> on MLW Fusion, I think that's just Teddy Hart because he he is was he just basically a weirdo. He's like a weirdo, and if you ask, did he have a cat in his arms? He absolutely had a cat in his arms. I don't think it was Mr. <laughs> Money. I'm not sure. It could have been. But he had a cat, and he was just holding the cat, and like you know, crooked under his arm. <laughs> and this is a true story, I swear to God. Like he, we were riding up the elevator. It was like me, and I think it actually might have been with Chris, uh, and a couple of maybe I was by myself. I forget. But there, <laughs> there was a couple other like they were in their early twenties. I would guess just wrestling fans who were there. Yeah, and they were kind of just like bullshitting with Teddy, like just like randomly talking to him. And he was being nice. He was polite. He's a weird dude, but he wasn't ugly. He wasn't uh, unfriendly. He was chatting with fans. And somehow, I don't even know how, but somehow the conversation turned into, like, he was like, what are you guys doing right now? And they're like, oh, we're going to go up to the roof of the hotel and smoke out. And I, I don't mean cigarettes. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like yeah. uh, and he, all of a sudden, Teddy's face lit up. Oh, Yeah. I'm going to follow you guys. <laughs> and he literally went up with them to the roof. I just like, I got to get out on this floor. I mean, floor. I mean, if you're Teddy Hart, like, you know, they're going to give you free weed. So you might as well. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what he knew. So that's why he followed them. <laughs> but Teddy Hart, I think what you see is what you actually get with Teddy Hart. I, I think he's been spending the last couple of years trying to rehab his image, though. Yeah. That's the vibe I've gotten from him. Yeah. I've heard he, interviews he's given. had a lot of... Uh, a lot of rehab to do. Yeah. I thought he was badass in this match. Oh, yeah, he was. But I, I have to say, like, so they have, so what they have here is they have the Hart Foundation, which is, it's him, it's Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. so they, they had the titles until the pay-per-view and they were doing, like, free bird rolls with it. Okay. Uh, I had stepped out for a brief second. Uh, can I go back to, like, the opening uh, promo with Contra Unit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when the the Heart Foundation came out, the thing that I loved and I actually found super refreshing, because the Hearts are the Heart Foundation here are obviously like the faces in this scenario. Yeah. I loved that they came out and they just started. There was no like hesitation. There was no like we're going to cut a opposing <laughs> promo. They just started like throwing hands. Yeah, and Teddy yeah. Hart in particular. I rem- I almost I was like did a double take. Teddy Hart rushed the ring. And immediately just threw a punch right in someone's face. Right. And it was like, whoa, Teddy Hart. Well, let's let's not let's not forget um Teddy Hart did beat up CM Punk. Well, yeah. Well he did. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. When when they were in TNA, they had some issue and Punk started <laughs> stuff with him and Hart I mean and Hart pretty much just owned him because he's a golden gloves boxer. Oh really? my god, I didn't know that. It's, I had it's no why, idea about that. It's no, it's why it's why so many people immediately doubted CM Punk when he was talking about MMA because there was a lot of firsthand recollections of that fight, and 
a lot of people were like, why is he doing that? Like Teddy Hart, like Teddy Hart, like beat him. No problem. Okay. Because you go on YouTube, like there's a there's a clip with Bill Barron's talking about, it, and he's like, it wasn't a fight. Like Teddy Hart took him down instantly and then pummeled him. Okay, I gotta look this up real quick. Hang on. <coughs> yeah, but so yeah, CM so Punk he is, is just so smug. He pisses he, me off. He is a golden. He he has some golden gloves boxing experience. So Hart's uh, Hart is not someone I would screw with. Right. Um, the, uh, I, I did like in that opening, here comes the Hart Foundation, and then they jump on Contra and actually run them off. I'm like, this is, I, it, it's, it's so weird to see, first of all, a face faction, and then second of all, a face faction, do what faces are supposed to do and be better at it than heels are. I was just tickled to see that. I was like, oh man, this is, this is great. You know, it's weird with uh, <laughs> Baby Boy Jr. Like, he doesn't always look like his dad, but they'll catch him at just the right angle, and he is, like, sometimes the spitting image oh, of his yeah. father. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, and he looks so huge. Yeah, I don't re- did you remember him being that big in WWE? I don't remember him looking that big, but... Uh, I remember him looking tall, <laughs> but not as big as you actually see him to be if you ever actually have the chance to see him in person. But he's really like I'd say the last five years he's really like matured as a performer. Oh yeah, I'm actually a little shocked that the WWE hasn't tried to get him back. I don't maybe they have and he's turned them down. But he, uh, I think he's vastly improved. His time over in Japan, I think, has really, really made him to a good worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his presence is like really up there. Mm-hmm. Like I like the look like of him with that like white mouth guard in his mouth and stuff. I just think I just I really enjoy when he's on the show. Mm-hmm. So then um so we're my my thoughts on this match is I thought Injustice uh stooged really well for Teddy. Mm-hmm. They did. Uh, I agree with you. Um go ahead. Cause they took their their they took their their beating like what I liked was um towards the end when he had wiped them out and he pretty much picked up Jordan Oliver and body slammed him onto Kodo Brazil. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, the only the only complaint I would have about this, and this might just be being nitpicky, but it feels like that they just did it one too many times. They did a good job. It just feel if they had just done it one fewer times, I think it would have been great. The yeah. and it just 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 a touch, you know. <laughs> so Shad, you made a comment about two moves in this match, and I think it was from each competitor. What were the two moves that stood out to you that you really liked? Um, I'm trying to remember what the backcracker onto the vest. You liked? Uh, well, no, it wasn't onto the vest, but um, no, it was the uh, the straight jacket uh, backcracker. Oh, I, yeah, re- right. I really liked that because oh, he, that that was awesome. Yeah, he, he okay. This match as a whole, I'm I'll I'll go ahead and say this. I liked this match as a whole, but it felt like it had lots of good pieces, but the the glue that held it together wasn't quite dry. But on the other hand, there was some really cool stuff. Teddy Hart transitioned into that straight jacket backcracker 
so well. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. I, I liked that more than I when he did the powerbomb backbreaker. Because um, he just, you know, it just happened. And he's taking the arm around. And then he brings it, and then all of a sudden, just there it is. And I'm like, wow. Oh, I forgot about great. that. I forgot about yeah. that powerbomb backbreaker. That looked brutal. It did, but I didn't like it as much. That was a, a, it's a minor criticism to me, but one of the things that I, it kind of bothered me a little bit, obviously for the finish to happen, it couldn't have ended. But I felt there was like five different moves in this match that it's like, that should be the fucking finish. Like, mm-hmm. how does a guy, how does it's that's such a brutal looking move? Yeah. How does a guy get up? And the, yeah. um, definitely the, that, that backcracker, um, the straight jacket backcracker, I was like, oh God, that's it. Yeah. Because like, you could, a dude could use that as a finish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, give, give that to Seth Rollins instead of that awful curb stomp. I would. Yeah. You know, I used to like that curb stomp, and now I'm just, You know what blows me away about this match, though, is he was doing some complicated moves and made it look like it was nothing, like that he just could do them. Yeah. He's got the athleticism, man. There's no question about that. And he's 39! Mm -hmm. Isn't Isn't that crazy that he's still being able to do... He's two years older than me. And he's still getting air on some of that, like on that stuff. That last moonsault he did to the outside, it almost looked like he hit the pause button at the apex of it. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm going to do a moonsault. And like that DDT and I'm going to come down. That jumping DDT was the other move. Yeah. Jumped off the top, hooked Myron with it, and then transitioned it in that DDT. That should be a finish. There is like. That that straight jacket backcracker totally could be, but that jumping DDT absolutely should be a finish. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it wasn't really annoyed me. Yeah, it so, did. So Shad, can I can I ask you as like someone that's been a wrestler? Yeah. What is it like like as someone that's trained just to see that guy that has <laughs> that natural grace to everything he does that you can't teach? It's impressive. Um the okay it let me see the the best parallel i can draw to it is do you guys remember the chain match that we talked about that i had many moons ago yes yes okay in watching it did you see just just how easily colby was able to do a bunch of stuff right yes okay same kind of thing that's really cool that's really impressive i think it's great that he can do that I save myself a little bit of dignity by saying, that's not my style and that's okay. Because <coughs> my style was like more brawly and, and strikery. But it's it's still, it's impressive. And God, there are some people that whenever they're, they're good at that, that when you work with them, it's like, you know, uh, there's a guy I worked with named Ronnie Roberts who he didn't, he didn't do quite the acrobatic stuff but everything he did was like so good and so smooth <coughs> i went to scoop slam him and he's like he's not much shorter than me but he's like half my size so he's a lot thinner it was like i went to scoop slam him and it it was like i wasn't doing anything except moving my hands in the motion they were supposed to go in is how easy it was yeah, working of course. With people like that is awesome Cornette had a story about that with Lashley that Lashley almost killed him on a body slam because 
Lashley was so shocked how easy Cornette went up for him. Yeah. If you don't know what to expect, that can be tough. That, um, But it's, yeah, working with someone like that, it, God, it makes everything so much easier. It really does. I, it, whenever they call, you know, I hear people talking about a night off from, because they were working with Bobby Eaton. I get it, right? Like, neither one of us has to work all that hard. It's just super easy. So, like, so what you're saying is, like, it, it, you're you're saying, like, working with someone like Hart is, like, that you're going to show up, they're going to be like, okay, like, you just need to be exactly here, and you know you're fine because they are, they're going to get there for you. Yeah. Uh, I, it's not hard. It's, like, whenever Hart, if, if I had been working a match with Hart and he went up to do the moonsault, like, everyone kind of has this moment of tensing up whenever they're coming down. But I just went, I ain't worried about it. Yeah, he's going to land, but it it's not going to be rough. It'll be fine. Like, I get the impression I would have liked Teddy Hart far more working with him than watching him just over the course of his career, if that makes sense. He had, um, there was a match he had in TNA at, like, that first X Division Cup, I think with Hoovy, that's just absolutely insane. I would like to see that because I always did like Hoovy. Hoovy yeah, was like my fallback Rey Mysterio, if that makes sense. Uh, Hoovy, I think Hoovy and Teddy had a lot in common with that. Uh, uh, I would say they have similar personalities in certain yeah. respects. You don't want none of this, Hooventude. These here's drugs. <laughs> I, still I think remember. I do want some, Teddy Hart. It, like that time Hoovy was naked running around in Australia. Yeah, on ecstasy. Oh, God. It took like five people to pin him down. Oh, God, Hoovy. I can only hope that when that happened, he was screaming, the juice is loose. <laughs> oh, man. Still <coughs> one of my favorite matches, though, is Hooventude versus um, Blitzkrieg. Oh, yeah. I remember that match. That's yeah. one of my, weirdly, one of my favorite shows. That was Spring Stampede, was it 98 or 99? 99. Yeah, that, I love that. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to even tell you why, but it's one of my favorite shows. And I will say, since we haven't talked about it much, we've been focusing on Teddy Hart. <laughs> I, I actually thought uh, Myron Reed was really good for a guy that's only been doing it for three years. Mm-hmm. He was really good, actually. Yeah. He's really good. You can tell, like, he's got a lot of great ability. Like, some of the pieces maybe aren't quite there, but him being this middleweight champion means he's going to get to work with some good people, and Teddy Hart's going to be free to go do other stuff, you know, have this feud with Contra and that sort of thing. So, you know, I... I I think it was it was good all around to have it in the way it did. This was my first time seeing him. Um, this is going to be a weird analogy, but he or comparison, I guess, is the better way to put it. Uh, he reminded me a little bit of Chris <laughs> Bay. Have you seen any of Chris Bay? A little bit. Yeah, he's um he's on the indie scene. Uh, I don't. I'm not as I'm not super familiar with Chris Bay's work, but I have seen him. Um, in a few matches, he—I know he does feature stars of wrestling. 
which is based out of Vegas. Um, but he's kind of like popping up a little bit more on the indie scene. He kind of reminded me a little bit of that that kid. Um, I don't know. I, it made me actually uh, th- my takeaway from this match, much like I guess the promotion as a whole. Like it actually, I felt it was really compelling, and it made me want to see more of it, to see where they would do with some of these workers and to see where they're going to go with some of these storylines. Yeah, and I felt like even though this was like a one-off episode and you maybe hadn't um, ever watched an episode before, they gave you enough like meat to the bones to really make you want to dig in like further. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And we, we also forgot, because it was on there, they they did have the, the King Mo signing during this episode. Oh yeah, I saw that prom. Uh, the thing that I liked about that prom, uh, the Keith, the the King Mo stuff. The only thing <laughs> that took, the thing that I took away from that was, did you pay attention to his promo? Yeah, yeah. That he said, like, I- I'm coming in. He goes, I want all the go. I want all the gold on the black leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> what? I missed yeah. the black leprechaun. Oh, you missed that? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, did say yeah, that. Yeah, he's talking about how he wants he wants all the gold. He wants to become champion. <laughs> The thing in that, I mean, that was oh, a funny shit. line. Like, he needs to, he needs to start coming out with like lucky charms and like giving it to the crowd and stuff. The thing uh, about that promo, aside from that line, that was that was a, that was a funny line. But the thing about that promo that got me is that he um, looked kind of lost, right? Like the, he's supposed to be hitting, getting hit with these questions, and he's supposed to be like talking smack, be fired up, and he was like really soft spoken, and then his eyes kept drifting around. Like, what am I supposed to be looking at? I'm not sure. But yes, the leprechaun line just about saved it for me. So look, I know I know this is not this is not a compare and contrast thing, but because we've watched the shows uh, in kind of similar succession, I kind of wanted to compare this to NWA Power. So what what my takeaway from this was is if you said you can only watch one show as a TV show, I would pick NWA Power, and if you offered me tickets to one or the other, I would probably go to MLW. I think that's actually a fair comparison. Mm. Uh, again, now that I've seen at least three episodes of Power, presentation-wise, I think Power has this beat because I think oh, this it, was it destroys MLW. I think. Yeah, this was a little. Yeah. It, it really, like I said, it it <laughs> it reminded me of ECW in the sense that it was kind of like uh, the production value isn't there. It's trying really hard, but it's, it's obviously on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, NWA Power looks sleek. Um, they have the, they have promo segments. They have matches. They You're trying to get workers over. They have those weird fake commercials that they do. Yes. Um, I, I, I just want to say, like, um, Tony Falk's uh, waffles and tire irons cracked me up. Yeah. And, um, Austin Idol's Universal Wrestling School. Mm-hmm. Those were those were great, and so, just the graphics. Uh, even the graphics. I mean, I know they're a throwback, but even the graphics look great on Power. Yeah. Uh, so I'm liking I'm liking Power. I think 
it's hard to gauge because I've only seen this one episode of ML Fusion, but I thought the match quality was way better in the two matches I get than the three matches, the three episodes I've seen for NWA Power, where um, I felt like the main events for NWA Power have generally been pretty good. Uh, I love the, I really like the Tim Storm Aldis match from first episode, and, and then the Tim. Oh, Tim Storm. Tim, is it Tim Storm or Tim Power? Tim Storm. Tim Storm. The Tim problem Storm, is sorry. there are two Storm. I think there's two Storms. Yeah. Because there. there's but, James uh, Storms and Tim two. Storm. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> the Tim Storm Eli Drake match um, against, I think it was the Dawsons. I thought I liked that one. That was the main event for was the Dawsons. Or, yeah, it was the Dawsons, right? Yeah. The Dawsons are really good. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, so that I'm was, sad that was that a good they match. were not on. I'm sad that Chad did not get to see them on the episode we watched because they are mm. really good. <clears throat> yeah. I, I thought that match was good. A little later. Uh, and I like that they're getting over characters at power. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just feel like the match quality overall isn't great. Um, it It's starting to get better, but in the first three episodes, it's still a little like cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, with how they're trying to get people over, it's a little too like wink and a nod. Like it, it gets better. For this, okay, it, for the next Cause when, three. Because I want like when Cabana's coming out doing stuff. Like I know he's mostly a comedy rest, wrestler, but it's like he's like palling around with the the interviewer, and it's like I you're kind of taking me out of it here. And then I don't care for like Ken Anderson, so that him coming in and being like Cabana's friend is weird and. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying a lot. Um, oddly, and one thing one thing ahead. Power does have over MLW is uh, Camille. Oh my god, I had never even heard of her, and now I'm like, who is this? Who is this girl? Um, she has a great Instagram, by the way. Uh, oh yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's fascinating, and I'm I'm shocked that someone hasn't tried to poach her already because she's she has a look. I feel like. She has a lot of charisma. Like for, they got her over, and she hasn't even talked yet. Yeah, she hasn't said a single word. She she hasn't talked, and she got clotheslined by Nick Aldis. That's what she's and done. I, yeah, and this is a very um, a kind of meta type of self awareness. But I love how she did get clotheslined by Nick Aldis. And when uh, what's the name of the interviewer? I can't. I don't recall it off the top of my head. But when he's like trying to get her. Uh, like opinion on that and everything nick aldis just keeps like excoriating him who are you you part of the dirt sheets i'm not i don't have to answer any questions for you and he's just like blowing the guy off mm-hmm. there's oh, a yeah, lot i don't of, remember his of, name yeah there's a lot to power that's really good i just feel in the first three episodes i feel you can see a lot there um but it's not quite together they the first three felt like they were they were trying. I know people get really upset when I say this, but it did feel like they were cosplaying, like seventies and eighties wrestling. And yeah. once you get past that, like the storylines kind of start moving, and like it feels it feels more natural and real. Yeah. So then, like they're not relying on that so much because they kind of have stuff established, so it gets better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to definitely watch the next four episodes, but I, I, I will think say, mm-hmm. I was going to say, too, I think um, with power, like Ricky Stark has a lot of potential. 
I've seen at least one match on the show. I don't think there's been another one. He's, his promo was really good on, I think, episode His promo two. was really good, yeah. That was on the first or second episode. I can't recall which. He, uh, As you go forward, he and Aaron Stevens have, like, a feud. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm actually enjoying Aaron Stevens. He's he's actually kind of funny. Did, did, so episode three had the fake um, movie trailer. Oh, that was great. What was that? What, what did they call that? It, it was, was it called, like... like was it? It wasn't like Caribbean. It was something pirate themed. It was like yeah, Caribbean pilots. Yeah, no, it was. Like, I don't even think they used Caribbean. It was like I don't remember what it was though, but it was hilarious. Hold on, and him just being like, up. "You can't make eye contact with me," and Dave Marquez like just looking forward while he's talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I. Uh... Oh, what was it called? It was like um... I'm looking this up. Oh, because he comes out dressed in what he obviously <laughs> looks like Captain Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people start chanting Captain Morgan. He's like, no, I'm not Captain Morgan. Uh, it's called Tropical Pirates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was it. The fake, the fake movie. I, I, I got a good chuckle out of that. And it was, so, it was so awfully bad, too. Yes, but that was the point. But it was great. I, it, think, they really, I think they really benefit from... Billy Corgan's like vision being so um, different than anyone else. And he like, he's really visionary at making mm. like that. You can tell like he probably liked MST three K or something because he really knows how to make something charmingly awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I, um, I haven't really paid attention, but based upon uh, what you guys were talking about, I'm going to have to really look out for uh, Santa Claus in, in the episode. Oh, uh, yeah, a Volunteer Claus. He shows up, I think, yes. in episode four. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for him. You can't you can't miss him. He's, like, center <laughs> ring, really all in, like, Tennessee Volunteer stuff with, like, a Santa yes. Claus hat. Yeah, and trust me, you're going to see him mm-hmm. plenty soon. And yeah. you can't unsee him once you see him. <laughs> That's what a great way to put it. Yeah, he's he's okay. Here's what he I couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time. He kind of reminds me the guy that got me into the business, BJ Fuller. It kind of reminds me of his dad, except Volunteer Santa is way more interactive. <laughs> BJ's dad had a tendency to take the piss out of a show real quick. <laughs> we were doing one of the earliest shows I was on, the top babyface <clears throat> needed a way to believably like scare four four or five of us in the heel group. And he's like, Well, they're doing this on TV, I might as well. And so he comes out with this sledgehammer, right? He walks by BJ's dad and BJ's dad goes, I don't know why you're carrying that thing. You're not gonna hit anybody with it. <laughs> It was just like, damn. So, yeah. So, Shad, what did you think of uh, MLW? <laughs> um, I like it. It is, uh, as you said, it's, it's kind of like ECW without all the charm of Joel Gertner promo. But, uh, yeah, it's... The ring work picks up where I feel like the character work doesn't, or at least for that episode. If you were gonna, if you were gonna tell me I got to pick one, I would pick Power myself. Um, 
even well, part of the reason I would pick Power is so I'd never had to watch Low Key again. But it, it's it Power feels like more of a complete package, and it has more of a uh, at least from what I watched, it felt like it had more of a comprehensive direction. And so, <clears throat> not to take away from MLW, more than half the show was fun to watch. Uh, the 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 part that I'm talking about had low key in it. Um, I, I honestly I cannot stand this guy like so much. But you have um, you know you have this this fun thing to watch, and you've got guys who know what they're doing. It's a good show. Um, I would definitely rank if. If you're a wrestling fan, check it out. I would also say, like, between the two shows, like, my favorite <laughs> thing between the two was probably the Injustice Stable. I really, they really tickled me. Like, I just, I don't know, that just, like, them being such hateable little douches was so much fun. Uh, hateable little douches is perfect. That is, that is the fantastic description of those guys because they are absolutely hateable douches. As, which means they're good heels. You're not supposed to like heels. So, you know, that's a good thing. So before we before we go tonight, um, I kind of wanted to give us a roadmap, give you guys a roadmap of what December is going to look like. Well, I guess the rest of December once this posts. So what we're thinking about doing right now is we're going to do a, an episode on our favorite foreign objects in wrestling. I think we're going to try and do the NWA into the fire pay-per-view. And then we have a couple of Christmas shows lined up. And then we're going to either start next year or end the year on our end of year awards. Is right. I think the next several episodes are looking like. Yeah, so we're going to be looking forward to that. We'll get the uh, we'll get the giveaway rules up too. Yeah, and next year, probably early next year, we'll probably get back into these. Like, we're, I, I know we have CWF Hollywood on our list. We have World Wrestling Council, and there was one other one I had on there, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, now that you or, said that, I can't think of it. Mm. Yeah, I know. I know we talked about it. I suppose we should throw Ring of Honor on there, but <clears throat> I, I saw some other stuff on Fight that we should probably check out that looked um, interesting. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're looking at next year. I don't know. I don't know when Mania season starts rolling around. How much we'll delve into that? Just because I don't anticipate it being super interesting. It's, uh, oh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it might just be that we, we ought to cover it. Just, it is mania, but we'll, we'll, we'll decide as we get closer. If it, if it captivates us, it captivates us. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Might be a good time to do our Mizawa versus Kawada <laughs> series. Uh, I, there's there's a part of me that I'm like ah, I should 
watch Mania if I have access to it. It's so long, though. It is. I don't. What... I don't want to sit through like an eight-hour Mania again. No. Oh, you sat through that too. Oh, I did. Yeah, I'm not going this year. Um, obviously, having a, a small child is kind of a <laughs> not conducive to that. But um, I mean, friend of the show, Christy Petrillo is going, and he's actually bringing his son, who's going to be. He's only going to be like five years old at that point. Oh God, that's going to be. And uh, I mean, be rough. His kid Zach is really into wrestling. He's a, a great little kid, but I, I think any kid trying to get them to hold their attention span for like eight hours, like that's way too I think, much. I think you're pushing your luck with four hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we can get uh, we can get some feedback and 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 find out. It's like. Well, did it work? Because uh, that's a it. That's that's part of the demographic they want. So be good to find I've, out. I've actually thought about going to a Mania weekend. I actually thought about going this year, but I wasn't going to go to Mania. I was just going to hit a bunch of the indie oh, shows. Oh, go to the other stuff and, and leave on. Well, I I mean the thing is though, I can't sit in a seat for that long. Like you can get me. I'm good for about three and a half hours. Like I've gone to ROH shows that have gone five hours before. Yeah. And once I hit hour four, like you can't get me to pay attention. Like I just, I don't have it in me anymore. Like my attention span, because you know what happens is after three and a half hours, all I can think about is how much that seed is hurting my butt and my back. Yeah. And then if all you can think about is how uncomfortable you are, you're not paying attention to stuff anymore. Right. Right. Or it's like, or especially like if it's like a show around here, if you're getting into four, the four or five hour mark, then it's about midnight. And then I'm thinking about I'm old, like I'm not supposed to be up this late. <laughs> uh, the the local DC um, promotion that had just started, I went to the their first show back in over the summer, actually. Mm-hmm. And they've run two other shows since then. They just did one about a week, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running. They're trying. They're going to try and run. They just put out their schedule. They're running it every, not quite every month, but they're going to run several shows next year. I'm going to try and definitely go to some of them. Uh-huh. They're they are smart. They the show I went to was at least was about three hours long with an intermission, like a brief intermission. But uh-huh. they are starting the show at like two p.m. on oh, that's on like best. a Saturday. Yeah, they're doing it like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. So even if they ran a little long, it's like you're done before nighttime. I I went to the one Shikara show I went to Mm -hmm. in Columbus started at 3. I was out by 5.30. It was perfect. Wow. I, um... And, you know, you still had, like, then you had time, like, you could mill about the tables, you could meet the wrestlers after the show, you could get pictures, buy their stuff, like, it was perfect. Everybody's not so exhausted and ready to go home that they just want to leave. I think, in my opinion, like, I think what you want on a show is you want about four to six matches, you want to be about two and a half to three and a half hours, and if you're doing a super big, like, mega show, then you can maybe get away with, like... 10 matches max but you should probably be going for eight you've got to have enough build that people are invested in that is the thing you can't just be like oh, we're gonna have a big show y'all ready for this because people are going to start checking out yeah so 
<clears throat> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. Keep your ear to the ground on our upcoming giveaway. With This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We want to thank you all for joining us for this episode. Let us know what you think. It is up on our social media. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time.